If you would, please turn to Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to talk about today what heaven is like. You say, Pastor, have you ever been there? Answer, not yet. However, I have been there in prayer at times. And I have sensed the presence of God at times so strong I could hardly stand it. And I also have read after people, know some people that have been to heaven for a visit and got to come back to the earth. Jesse Duplantis, one of our good friends, has got to go to heaven. Um, another person that we've studied under, and, and I'm, actually, I don't want to mention all these names. I don't believe all heaven stories, okay? Because if it doesn't line up with the Bible, what are you going to do with that, right? And I know some things they may have seen in heaven that aren't totally in the Bible, but it's got to at least be in line with the attitude of the Bible or, you know, the... I think one of the reasons the Lord didn't show us a lot about heaven is because we'd want to go too bad. We might not want to finish our course here. He's shown us some things, though, in the scriptures about heaven that are absolutely amazing and will lift you up above all this crazy stuff. You know, when you start seeing what heaven's like, all these big problems start to become small problems. There's something about getting glimpses of heaven that turns everything we're going through on the earth into small stuff. Right, y'all heard the phrase, right? The, the key to overcoming stress? Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. And compared to where Christians are going, compared to where believers are going, anything, no matter how great the problem is on this earth, compared to where we're headed, it's small stuff. Paul said, and you know, he went through probably the worst things any Christian's ever gone through. He said, these light afflictions which are but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory reserved in heaven for us. So what is heaven like? Let's, let's, first of all, let's establish this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, and then we'll read verse 23. Paul said this, For me to live is Christ. In other words, his whole life was about Jesus. That was, he's, he's saying Jesus is the core of my life. If I have room or time for anything else, it'll revolve around me and Jesus. Jesus isn't going to revolve around me and my stuff. My life is Jesus, and everything else is going to revolve around him and me. He said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, for the believer, for the believer, this earth walk is as bad as it gets. For the believer, this is the greatest time in this earth is as bad as it gets. The most fun time at Disneyland or Paris or parachuting out of an airplane. What The funnest time, the most fun time in this life. I heard my mom correcting me from heaven. John, there's no such word as funnest. Funner. This earth walk for the believer is as bad as it gets. We got much gain ahead of us. But I have to say this, this earth walk for the non-believer is as good as it gets. Not according to Pastor John or the Reader's Digest, according to the Bible, according to God, this earth life is as good as it gets for the unbeliever. After that, it's not good at all. And that's not to make anybody afraid, but that's just to tell you reality and truth, to get your perspective straight. Now, look at verse 23. I've done many funerals, and one of the things I like to share at funerals is this scripture right here. Paul said, I'm in a straight betwixt two. In other words, I'm in a decision point. I have a desire to depart. Everybody say depart. depart. 
and be with Christ, which is far better. So, going to heaven, being with Jesus, is not better. It's far better. Better is incomplete. It's far better to depart and be with Christ. Now, if you could back out from the earth and look and see into the realm of the Spirit, you'd see like a huge airport. You'd see arrivals and departures from this planet every single second. You'd see all kinds of people departing, and you'd see all kinds of people arriving in, in the births and the, the babies that are being born. Arrivals and departures. Everybody say arrivals and departures. It's like a huge... People are leaving the earth every second. And the big question is not, are we going to die? We're going to die. That's not the issue. We're all going to die. If the Lord tarries His coming and we don't meet Him in the air and our bodies are changed in the moment of time, if that event doesn't happen, we're all going to die. You're going to leave your body. The body without the Spirit is dead, the Bible says. The big deal is not, we're going to die. We're all going to die. People, people need to face that. If you're a believer, it's okay. It's called falling asleep in Jesus. It's called gain. It's called far better. It's called departing and being with Christ. Geographically, you know, He's in us by faith, but I'm talking seeing Him face to face, His flesh and bone body, looking into His eyes. That day's coming for the believer. But not everybody is going up when it's over. And it's not because God wants people to go. Did you know God did not prepare hell for man? He prepared hell for the devil and his angels. God doesn't want any man to go there. And really, God's not even sending anybody to hell. You don't have to send somebody to hell who's already on the road to hell. Adam put us all on the road. Spiritually speaking, somehow we inherited the same spiritual death that he got his spirit contracted. But that's why we must be born again. It's not a physical problem. It's not a behavioral problem that only needs to be fixed. The greatest problem was the spirit of man that needed to be reborn. And so the people that are going to heaven are people that have simply accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And not ashamed of him. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord. At that moment, something happens on the inside of a human being. And the Bible says, we are no longer children of wrath by nature. Actions won't fix your nature. The only person who can fix your nature is Jesus. And he does it upon your believing in him. And so we wanted to, to establish this fact that what is heaven like? Well, one thing we know is it's gain. And what we also know is far better. It's far better than even Disneyland. Can you grasp that, church? Somebody say, far better. Far better than the most exotic island. Crystal clear water. Right? Have we ever, anybody had any fun on some of the things on this planet? I have too. Praise God. But heaven's far better. Far better. I was listening to a, a story of a young man who got to get a tour of heaven. <clears throat> and it's a very interesting story. He's still alive today. And he said that when he was uh, a young boy, he was sitting on the side of his bed and a supernatural pole came out of heaven and pulled him up out of his body, up through the roof of his house. He just got done playing baseball. 
And he was just, um, just not even, he just said I had to read my four chapters because in our house you had to read four chapters before you could do anything. If you, if you didn't, you had to go back and read them and you couldn't watch TV or play games or anything. So he said I was just in, just ran in to read my four chapters and he said I wasn't even praying, I wasn't even spiritual, just wanted to get back out and play baseball. And he said next thing I knew I was flying through the roof of my house and I was above my house, I saw the front and the backyard. He said I thought the rapture happened. Because he had been taught in his home about the rapture. But he said he looked around and didn't see grandma. And he realized this can't be the rapture because she'd be up here too. And then he said he's found himself flying over the state of Texas at a real high speed. And then Denmark and Sweden. Then he passed out of the earth's atmosphere. And he went through what's called the second heavens. And we're going to talk about the third heaven today because that's the heaven we're talking about. Paul made mention of the third heaven, which will go to that scripture. He said, when I got to heaven, I landed in front of this gate and it was so glossy I could hardly look at it. Made of pearl. And then he heard a voice that said, this is one of the gates. And he turned and he saw Jesus and he said, you know what? He said, he didn't even have to tell me who he was. I knew it was Jesus and I could tell he had power just by looking at him. And the gate went straight up in the air and they walked in and he called the boy's name and said, I love you so much. I just, I said, I'm going to give you a tour of heaven today because I love you so much. And then I want you to go back to the earth and tell people that this place is real. And some of the things he said were pretty amazing and pretty powerful. I don't even know if mortals can totally understand it, but it was very, very interesting and very powerful. So let's turn, uh, go to Colossians 3. I think I gave you this one, Michael, at the very end. Colossians 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says here, If you're risen with Christ, and if you're a believer, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. We're talking about heaven here. What's, What's Paul telling us by the Holy Spirit? Don't be so worldly that spiritual things are so distant to you, and you're more caught up with the world than the things of God. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Yes, we have to deal with this earth. Yes, we got things we got to do. But our primary focus should be, we're not living for this life. We're living here for the next life. What we do here and now totally affects the next life. Positions, places, rewards. Next verse. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, did I give you Philippians 3? Or was that just me earlier today? Because if I didn't... Philippians chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Let's turn there, church. I wanted to lead up to some things before we actually see what the Bible says heaven looks like and and operates like. In Philippians 3, thank you, verse 19 through 21, Paul's talking to the church. He says, he's talking about these unbelievers... Their end is destruction, whose God is their own belly, whose glory is in their shame. Now notice, who mind earthly things. Do you realize if our mind is too much on earthly things, we'll be corrupted, just like the earth is corrupted? Do you know that? Look at the next verse. Our manner of life, Paul said, is in heaven. Notice he didn't say, is going to be. We should already be operating in the realm of glory in this earth walk. Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. He's going to change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working 
whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Isn't that powerful? So we got to watch out about being too worldly minded. Yes, we got to live in this world. Yes, we have responsibilities. But we got to watch out about being so engulfed in this world that other things become our God. Our belly, our desires, money, another person. There are higher things going on around us concurrently. It's called the realm of the spirit. It's where angels are. It's where demons are. You're a spirit. You can have contact with that realm. We do all the time. People just aren't realizing it. So let's go now to a really interesting scripture in 2 Corinthians 12. Anybody interested in knowing what heaven's like? I'm telling you guys, this will do wonders. You know, you might be in the greatest battle of your life right now. Getting glimpses of heaven will shrink those problems. They won't be such a stress and strain to you. When you see where you're going as a believer, some of these earthly problems that used to be gigantic, they're going to get smaller. Just studying these things. I'm telling you, some of the things that I've been dealing with in my life, just studying these things, all those things I've been dealing with used to be like this, they're like this now. You've got a different perspective. It's like you're looking from above instead of up at. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at the, the, today's Passion Translation, or excuse me, the Passion Translation. So if you don't have the Passion Translation of this scripture, just look up on the screen. In uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 4, Paul said in the New Testament to all, all us church people, although it may not accomplish a thing, I need to move on and boast about supernatural visions and revelations of the Lord. And Paul had some of them. The Lord appeared to him more than once. He saw heaven. He went to paradise. Look at this next verse. Someone I'm acquainted with, and a lot of Greek scholars say that Paul's talking about himself here, giving kind of a personal testimony from a third-person perspective. But whether it was him or somebody else, notice what he said. Paul said, I'm acquainted with. Someone I'm acquainted with who is in union with Christ was swept away 14 years ago in a static experience. He was taken into the third heaven. Everybody say third heaven. Okay. But I'm not sure, excuse me, into the third heaven, but I'm not sure if he was in his body or out of his body. Only God knows. Interesting. Next verse. And I know that this man, again, I'm not sure if he was still in his body or taken out of his body. God knows. This man was caught up in an ecstatic experience and brought into paradise, let's say paradise, paradise, where he overheard many wondrous and inexpressible secrets that were so sacred that no mortal is permitted to repeat them. So this is a place of high-tech living. I mean, we'll get into this next week because I do believe there'll be a part two to this. But did you all realize that there is a city on its way to the earth. It's a cube. It's made of crystal and gold and the most precious stones you could imagine. Do you all know there's a city headed to the earth? It's coming down from heaven. It's called New Jerusalem. And it's huge. Now, I don't know, Sean, if you teach anything to do with astronomy or the stars or all that, but I looked a little bit on Google and I think the stratosphere, you know, where just above where weather can be. You know what I mean? It's like if you're out there in the outer space, outer space orbiting, you'll see like an orange. 
Then you'll see the earth, and above the orange, it gets blue and darker blue and black. Well, that orange is like as high as the weather can go. Anything above that, there's no weather. And I'm not 100% sure, but I know it's, I think the one figure I said about 200 miles out is where some of these uh, satellites are orbiting, and it's above, it's in the stratosphere. Okay, I just want to give you a picture now. The New Jerusalem, the city of God that, that God has adorned like a bride for her husband, I mean, he made a city for us. Actually, Abraham, thousands of years ago, looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. And the Bible calls heaven a country. The King James does. And I mean, these guys tapped into this revelation thousands of years ago that there's a city God has made. And this new Jerusalem is coming down from heaven. It's a perfect cube, 1,380 miles wide, 1,380 miles deep, 1,380 miles tall. It's a cube. In other words, this city goes way out of the stratosphere. And it's about as wide as half of our country. And it's that deep and it's that high. You see some of these movies, you know, the, it seems to me like the alien ships are getting bigger and bigger. You know, it used to be they just fly. Now they're like covering whole cities. This big shadow comes all over L.A. We still ain't even close to New Jerusalem, guys. I don't know what they're going to do. We're talking about a shadow covering half to three quarters of the country. But it's crystal. Gold has foundations. It's builder and maker. Can you imagine how many levels, how many people could live in a city like that? And it's going to come down here and it's going to hover over the earth. And the earth is going to be fixed. You think it's pretty now. Wait till the axis is fixed. Wait till the weather is perfect. Wait till God's in control. Completely. Let me say this to you. Jesus told us to pray to our Father which art in heaven. Where's God? Dake calls heaven a planet. Dake is a Bible scholar. Yeah. We can call it a planet. We know it's a place. Yeah. Right? Jacob saw a ladder shooting up out of the earth into heaven, and he saw angels of God ascending and descending on this ladder. There was a portal. And actually, he said, this is none other than the house of God. Yeah. Churches are called the house of God. There's portals above churches where powerful things can go up and down. This is one of the reasons the devil doesn't want people going to church. There are powerful things happening in churches the Lord's established. And if people learn how to operate and believe for these things, they'll see more angelic help. They'll see more powers of the world to come when needed. We need to talk more about the world to come. Phrases like that are all over the New Testament. Even one time Jesus said that, you know what? Peter said, Lord, we've left all and followed you. And Jesus said, I'm telling you guys, truly I say to you, there's no one that has left house, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, children's lands for my sake and the gospel's sake, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, lands, with persecutions. Now listen, but Jesus also said, in the world to come. Everybody say the world to come. Eternal life. There's a world to come. We get tastes of the powers of the world to come in this life, which we'll talk about next week. There's certain powers of the world to come that have happened and that God wants to happen in these last days. 
Powers of the world to come. Translations are powers of the world to come. Being translated from one place to another, not at the speed of light, at the speed of thought. Way beyond the speed of light. You know, it'd take two years to get to a star that's two light years away, traveling 186,000 miles a second. It's too slow for God. What if you're there at the speed of thought? You just passed up the speed of light. Translations. Translations, I call translations horizontal raptures. <laughs> you know what rapture is? It's the Latin word for being caught up by God into heaven or paradise like Paul was here. Bodily. It's one thing to die and your spirit go to heaven. It's another thing to be caught up bodily like Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, and probably Moses. Devil and Michael were disputing over that. Where Moses was buried. But now look at this. Um, in a Revelation chapter 4, did you all see that scripture? Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. Everybody say third. This is where God's house is, okay? His throne. This is where angels are. This is where our loved ones are who have died in the Lord. Believers in God. Believers in Jesus. It's a real place. And it's bright. And it's full of life. And it's amazing. And, you know, we've seen some people draw paintings and pictures of heaven, and I'm not saying they're 100% off or wrong, but it's more than any artist could draw. I mean, just, just, the, just the glistening of it is, is beyond what we can even comprehend. I heard one guy who went to heaven <coughs> said that, you know, we have the color green and blue here and all that. He says, when you get to heaven, you'll realize that all our colors are totally faded. Totally faded. The real substance of those colors you'll see in heaven you think the most bold brightest green is it no that's like a sh shade of what green is really like so in Revelation 4 so let me say this before we read this scripture first heaven the Bible talks about is where the birds fly and where the weather is that's the first heaven according to the Hebrews writings according to the scriptures the first heaven is where all the birds fly and all the weather is. The Bible says that God has put in the heavens the stars and the planets. So the second heaven is the galaxies and the universe out there. That's the second heaven. Now Jesus passed into the heavens. So he went through those heavens to get to the heaven of heavens. Deuteronomy says that there's a heaven of heavens. And if you're, just, if you're taking notes for reference on that, that's Deuteronomy 10, 14. It talks about the heaven of heavens. This is where God's throne is. This is where God is. And this is where believers are going, and believers have gone when they die in the Lord. This is where we're going when the rapture happens. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. This is an event that's about to happen. It's going to blow a lot of people away. The Lord's about to descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. They're going to get their immortal bodies first. We which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. It's one meeting you don't want to be late for. Meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
That's about to happen. <laughs> and don't try to figure it all out with your brain. How are you going to float up? When the power of God hits you, you'll meet him in the air. <laughs> That's exciting. You know, these are wonderful, awesome last days if you're a believer. They're pretty awful if you're not. But if you're a believer, look up, man. These things are about to take place right before your eyes. And you're going to be right in the middle of the first load. Revelation. Oh, did I say that? First heaven, atmosphere. Second heaven, universe. Third heaven is that realm where God is and where he has his throne. All right, so Revelation 4. Now, let's look here. Let's look at verses 1 through 7 out of, I believe, did I say the, new, the Passion Translation again? Let's look at this out of the Passion Translation. John saw heaven. He says, suddenly, this is the Bible, suddenly after I wrote down these messages, I saw a heavenly portal open before me, and the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen hereafter. Next verse. Instantly I was taken into the spirit realm, and behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in a place and someone seated upon it. His appearance was sparkling like crystal and glowing like a carnelian gemstone. Surrounding the throne was a circle of green light like an emerald rainbow. Way beyond the Wizard of Oz here. Encircling the great throne were 24 thrones with elders in glistening white garments seated upon them, each wearing a golden crown of victory. And pulsating from the throne were were blinding flashes of lightning, crashes of thunder, and voices. And burning before the throne of the seven blazing torches, which represent the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne there was a pavement like a crystal sea of glass. Around the throne and on each side stood four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. That's all we need to read right now. Are you seeing here what John saw? He saw a part of heaven. The throne part. I've heard testimonies of other people. They saw other parts of heaven. He saw the throne part of heaven. And he that sat on the throne looked like a jasper. Rainbow around the throne like unto an emerald. This is where we're headed. Lightnings and thunderings proceeding out of the throne of God. This is, he's trying to describe this the best way human beings could understand it. I'm sure it's even a notch higher than what we're thinking. This is where we're headed, guys. And I just, I want to say this in closing, because we're going to close now and take up next week. We're going to talk next week about the new Jerusalem, this real city that's coming down from heaven. And we're going to talk about the powers of the world to come, as well as some more insight into what this place is like. It's amazing. God's there. Our loved ones who were believers that have died, they're there. We're headed there. And it's amazing, and it's powerful. It'll make you more aware of your angels, the the angelic help that's at our disposal. Are you kidding me? We've got power. We've got help from heaven on our side in this crazy earth. So I just want to encourage you, be blessed. Look up. Your redemption draws near. This place is real. For a lot of us, we're going to be there in less time than how much we've already lived on the earth. I want you to just close your eyes for a second.